love you, my brother. All right. Well, glory to God. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. I love the presence that we feel in here, and I love just, I love the people of God. You know, one thing that I, as we travel, one thing that I always appreciate is uh, go to different churches, see different faces, different, you know, different cultures, travel all over, but when you step into the house of the Lord and God's people begin to worship together, it's the same spirit everywhere I feel. And I just, I just love that. I love the people of God. And we are so honored, excited to be here. As Pastor said, we've been looking forward to it for quite some time. And uh, I'll be perfectly honest, I did not realize when we scheduled that we was going to be uh, uh, coming back from California in the same period of time. And uh, if, if my wife had have known that in advance, she may have asked me to ask for another Sunday um, because it has been quite a trip, but I, I want to say how much I appreciate uh, my wife and, and my, my young son. He's five weeks old, going on six weeks, and we're just uh, so blessed. Thank you, Pastor, so blessed. And, um, you know, I, we're here not just because I love preaching. It's what I'm called to do. It's what I'd rather do that than anything. But we're here after, after that drive and coming in last night. We're, yes, we're a little tired, a little worn down, but I'm not just here because I, I, I wanted to preach. I'm here because I believe that the Lord has ordained this service. I believe that the Lord has had an appointment set for some time, and we just want to be a help to somebody this morning if you'd allow us. But we are so honored to be here again. We want to say how much we appreciate your pastors, uh, Brother Jacob, Sister Carolyn, as he said, known them for quite some time, and I've uh, been uh, great. Uh, great inspiration in both mine and my wife's lives, and just love them, appreciate them very much. And uh, if you would, give your pastors a hand of appreciation. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John, chapter number 4. I'm going to try to just dive straight into the word of the Lord this morning. Don't want to hold you too long, but I do believe that I've got a word from the Lord that he's placed upon my heart. John chapter 4, if you would stand for the reading of the word, if you're able. I would say that you pray for my voice. Uh, we have had, we've had the school of ministry, as Pastor said, we're assistant directors over the school, and we have been on tour the past two weeks, and uh, we traveled, I added it up last night, traveled about 5,000 miles total in the last two weeks, and been in a service just about every, just about every night. And uh, our voices, um, even though our spirits are still strong, our voices may not sound as strong. So uh, you just pray for us. But I do believe that the Lord is going to help us. John chapter 4, verse number 19, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Jesus is meeting the woman at the well is what the story is known as. Verse number 19, the Bible says, The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what, but we know what we worship. Can somebody say amen to that? But we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But Jesus said this, The hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers, that's you and I, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. For God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I want to go to John chapter 12, read just the first few verses there. John 
the Gospel of John, chapter number 12, verse number 1, it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, there he made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment, of spike and yard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. This was a form of worship. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's sons, which should betray him, why was this ointment not sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare that which was put therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing hath she kept this, for the poor always ye have you with you, but me ye have not always. I want to preach this morning what the Lord's put on my heart on the, the topic of worship. The importance of worship. And I want to, if I could title my message, I want to title my message, Only Worshippers Get to Stay. Only Worshippers Get to Stay. If you would, stretch your hands towards heaven one more time. Father, I thank you for your spirit that we feel in this place. I thank you for your presence that is here with us. Pray, Lord, that you'd anoint these lips of clay to preach the word that you put upon my heart. God, I pray that you'd anoint every hearer in this place. Anoint the ears, God, that they can hear and receive the word that you want to speak to us today. Move in these altars. Challenge your people, God. Challenge us, Lord, to become more like you in our worship, in our everyday lives. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor in the name of Jesus. And the church said amen. Amen. Glory to God. You can be seated. Give the Lord a hand clap as you're seated. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus, we see that he tells this woman only that, that, that worship is not what we think it is. And, and I submit to you this morning that worship is a lot more than what most of us really think it is. There's a lot more to the topic and the act of worship. It's not just coming in and raising your hands and singing along with a song. That is, but, but, but I believe that's just the, just, just the breaking grounds of what Jesus is trying to get this woman to understand at this well. And the reason that I read the story of, of Mary is because this was a form of worship, of worship to Mary. This was a form of she came ready to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we see that the disciples had a problem with it, said, why is she doing this and making all this fuss and doing this? And they said she should be put out. And Jesus, if I can paraphrase, basically makes the statement, she came with her alabaster box, but you didn't come with any. She came ready to pour out what she had, but you've come empty. And, and if you'd permit me, I believe what Jesus was trying to get across here was anybody that comes ready to worship is welcome at any time. If you have a problem with it, there's the door. You can go. But worshipers get to stay. Worshipers get to stay at his feet. And that's what I want to preach on this morning is only worshipers get to stay. I want to challenge somebody in this house that worshipers, amen, get to stay at the feet of Jesus. If you look at this story of Mary and you look at it in, in John chapter 12 and what we were looking at, I'm going to be honest, it's easy, it's easy to question Mary's big act looking at, 
Amen. Chapter 12. Looking at John chapter 12, just reading it right there, it's easy to question why, what would cause her to do something like this? What would cause her to pour out everything that she had? What would drive Mary to do what she did? And if we're if we're not careful sometimes that we get those kind of questions in here, some would wonder out there, what would drive them to the house of God on a Sunday morning? Why would they spend their time coming back for another service? Uh, on a Sunday night, amen, uh, to worship God. Uh, Mary's worship is being questioned. And if we're not careful, it's easy to wonder and question why when we just look at chapter 12, when we're just looking at this area right here. Uh, But if you go back just one chapter before, we'll get a glimpse of why Mary is acting like she's acting right here in chapter 12. Because in John chapter 11, it says that her brother was sick and dying and even was dead. I don't want to linger here too long, but but we know the story. Jesus stepped on the scene, and even though he was dead and buried for four days, he brought her brother back to life. And when we look at it like that, when I understand her chapter 11, I can better understand why she does what she does in chapter 12. Amen. Listen, don't you judge me for what I do in my chapter 12. You don't know the dead things that he brought back to life in my chapter 11. You don't know where I was when he found me. You don't know where I was and what I was going through. But by the grace and by the mercy of Jesus Christ, I can write a chapter 12 and I'll bring my alabaster box, and I'll pour everything that I have. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, we'll see somebody get excited, uh, and we wonder well, what's, got, what's gotten into them, amen. Uh, come on, we do it sometimes. Uh, what's gotten into them? Uh, well, why are they so happy this morning? Uh, why are they? Uh, you're looking at their chapter 12, uh, but if you knew uh, what God did for them last week, uh, if you knew the prayers uh, that they prayed, uh, then you'd get in uh, and you'd shout with them. Uh, I come to tell the church, uh, don't you worry uh, about what Mary's doing. Uh, you just find out uh, where my chapter 11 is. Uh, and then you step into the presence of God and you bring your alabaster box and you pour everything you can. Why? Because he's worthy. Amen. You're going to hear me say that a lot in this message, but I can't say it enough. Pastor was saying it just a little bit ago. He's worthy in the good times, and he's worthy in the bad times. If things are going good, he's worthy. If things are not going so great, guess what? He's still worthy of my worship. Hallelujah. He's still worthy of my worship. The word worship means simply this, the act of worshiping God Excessive admiration for someone. Hallelujah. Let me get a drink of this water. The act of worshiping God. Excessive admiration for someone. Did you know that the number one reason that you were created in this house was not to win souls? Come on, somebody. Amen. Did you know that the number one reason you were created was not to stay faithful to a church? And I believe in all of that. Amen. We need to win souls. 
You need to stay faithful to a church. The Word of God says so, amen. But the number one reason that you and I are breathing breath in our lungs at this moment, the one and only reason was so that we could worship God Almighty, amen. He said, I'm going to breathe life into man, and man became a living soul because God created his creation and built it upon worship, amen. Everything was built upon worship. The first time worship was ever mentioned in the Bible, I, I, f- I found this kind of kind of neat, is that the first time worship, the word worship was ever mentioned in the King James Version Bible was when Abraham was on his way to sacrifice and to worship. And I realized right there, Pastor, worship, co- sacrifice is connected to worship. Because you can't have one without the other. Come on, somebody. Amen. But Because you, you, know you want to know what worship does? Worship lifts him up and it presses me down. Amen. Worship exalts him, but it abases me. Worship exalts and lifts up the king of kings, but it shows how humble and how little I really am. And if we're being honest, that's the reason a lot of people have problems with worship. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because we don't want to look at ourselves. We don't want to view ourselves as how little that we really are. But when I look at the greatness and the goodness of God, I can't help but realize that I'm nothing but a speck of dust. But if this dust has a voice, he's going to lift it up and cry, Lord, you're worthy of the greatest praise and the greatest glory that I can lift up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to know what the issue is. And contrary to to popular belief, let me tell you something, church. uh, Amen. Alcohol ain't the issue. Come on, somebody. Amen. Alcohol, as bad as they are, drugs uh, ain't the issue. As bad as it is, we got the the, the LGBTQYSL. I don't know how many letters there are. Amen. They add some, it seems like, every other month. Amen. As bad as it is, that ain't the issue. That ain't where the church went wrong. Come on, somebody. Amen. That ain't where the world went wrong. Worship is the issue. We went wrong when we started worshiping something other than Christ. That's where the church went wrong. You want to know why? Because the Bible says you become like that which you worship. Amen. That's why the Bible talks about to behold him. Why? Because I want to become like him. Amen. I want, if you, if you watch me long enough, and Brother Jacob was telling me, if you watch me long enough, and he was talking about my dad, you'll notice I walk like him, I talk like him, some say I preach like him, and I take that as a compliment. You want to know why? Because I beheld him. Because I look, and so I wanted to, to become like him. He said, well, brother, that's blasphemy. No, it's not. Jesus said, be like me. Do as I do. Become holy as I. Why do I worship? It is because I'm created. But it's also because the more I lift up Jesus, the closer I become to him, the greater I get to him, the more holy I become. So, yes, don't mind me on Sunday morning. You'll find me in a church pew with my hands lifted up, singing glory to God in the highest, you're worthy of everything that I can give. Glory to God. i got to hurry. Amen. The, the scripture says this. The writer penned these words in Psalms. He said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man that thou art mindful of him? That thou would visitest with him. Amen. Did you have any idea that you're so important to God? 
That, uh, listen, I know that God's I got I know that God's omnipresent. I know that, but just bear with me. Did you know that you're so important to God that He would leave the cosmos of heaven? The Bible says that the angels are singing around and around the throne. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Never stops day and night, 24-7. And, and, and the Bible says that, that he would leave that to come to Victory Temple on a Sunday morning. That he desires to be in the presence of his people that worship him. Jesus said this with the woman at the well. He said, for the Father seeketh such that worship him. You see, I read another part in Scripture where it says, where two or three are gathered together, what? There he is in the midst of them also. We, 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 read that, we read that Scripture a lot knowing that God is bound by his word to show up. God is bound by, even if he didn't want to. His word says he's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's bound by his word to show up because where two or three are gathered together. But watch this. Jesus came and he shed a little light on the subject. Yes, that is true. But he said, but I'll tell you what, when you begin to create an atmosphere of worship, he said, my father comes seeking for it. My father comes looking for it. If you'd allow me, I don't want him just to come because he's bound by his word to. I don't want him to show up in my presence just because his word says it. And so he's going to back his word up. But I want to create an atmosphere that makes God come looking for me. I want to create an atmosphere where God's presence says that's where I want to be. I want to be in Victory Temple on a Sunday morning because I heard my people lifting up the mighty name of Jesus and I must go and visit with them. You want to know how powerful your worship is? It'll bring down the very glory of heaven. It'll bring down the presence of Almighty God when we begin to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. 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 He came down to visit with us. I don't think you understand he who can speak worlds into existence. Amen. He who told the moon and the sun where to stand in the sky and they haven't moved since. That's the one that comes down to visit with me. Listen, listen. The president don't come visit me. Amen. Not that I'd really want him too much anyways. Amen. And that's all I'm going to say. Glory to God. Respect the position. Just don't really respect what he stands for. Amen. I figured I'd get some more amens than that. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. But the president don't come visit me. Brother, the queen of England don't, don't walk into my door. I moved to Texas. My whole family don't even visit. Amen. <laughs> oh, if we're on live stream, I'm in trouble. Amen. As of five weeks ago, they visit more. Go figure. Amen. They don't make special trips to come out. I'm just, they, they do come visit. Amen. Nobody of importance, the governor don't come visit me. But the God of all that is. <laughs> oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. The God of all that is stepped into my presence when I was nothing but a wretch, when I was nothing but a sinner, when I was filthy and broken and torn apart and worthless, and you wouldn't have want to been around me. But the God of all that is stepped into my presence and said, Hey, son, I've come to visit with you. Even though I was unworthy, he came to visit. So, yes, excuse me if I get a little beside myself in my 
worship. You'll just have to excuse me if I get a little loud at some times or if I get a little excited. You don't know where I was when he came and found me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. He deserves all my worship. He deserves all the glory that I can give him. He deserves every bit of it. He deserves it. Hallelujah. He deserves it. If he comes... You're about about to get it here in just a moment. But if we really thought about where he came from to where he had to go through to get to where I'm at, then excuse the way that I jump. Excuse the way that I lift my hands. Or if I get loud, you're just going to have to forgive me because I come to worship him. Hallelujah. I've come to worship him. He came to visit with me. He came to visit with you. Hallelujah. You know, when I was when I was young, my, my mom and dad, every time preachers came, they'd come to our house. My mom and dad would have them come in. If you've ever hosted somebody, you know what it's like. Amen. Mom would have the preacher come to town and guess whose room he got. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you you guessed it. Amen. Mom said, Hey, preacher's coming, get your stuff, get out. I want you back in the room. Till he leaves. <laughs> it's my room. Uh, my mom, a little, little something about my mom. My mom and, I, and I'm, my mom's a little bit of a, uh, of a clean fanatic. Amen. Everything's got to be perfect when the visitor comes. I mean, everything's got, amen. I, I heard some amens out there. Some of the husbands said, amen, amen. Glory to God. She come, my mom, she would go into a frenzy whenever we had visitors coming. She, she, I mean, we, she found out it was coming quick. Got to look like nobody lives here. Like, Mom, <laughs> you made the decision to have five kids. And then you made the decision to start foster care, and we have six others. My mom had 11 kids. I was the oldest, and I was 12. Do the math on that. 11 kids, 12 and under, in one house, and you won't make it look like nobody lives here. <laughs> I wasn't very smart at 12 years old, but I was smart enough to know that. Amen. Glory to God. But my mom, she 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 go to work cleaning. She cleaning places. I didn't know we had places. I mean, I, like I didn't know that was there. <laughs> she she finding it. She cleaning it. My mom, she would cook the best meals. She'd line out. I mean, we lo- listen. We loved it when the preacher came, because mom only cooked her best. But we hated it when he left. Amen. Because it was top ramen noodle soup and sandwiches for the next. I'm just kidding. Amen. <laughs> you want to know what she was doing? She was preparing. For a visitor. She was getting ready because she had some important company coming. And she wanted them to know, you didn't catch me off guard. Come on, somebody. You, 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 you didn't surprise me. It's not a bother that you showed up, but I was expecting you. And I prepared for you. In fact, one thing that she would do, she'd go clean the bathroom, and that was my, my bathroom as well. Amen. She'd say, get, get, your, get your deodorant, toothbrush, get all that out of there. And there were times that she knew she wasn't going to have time to clean it. She'd clean the bathroom a couple days before and lock us out. I'm not kidding. Amen. She would. Some of you ladies probably know what I'm talking about. Does anybody else besides my mama have what you call decoration towels? Any of you ladies out there? Come on, my mama wasn't the only one. You know, those, those, those towels that are for decorations only, we come in and don't you dare wipe your oily, greasy, dirty hands on those towels. Amen. I got a few amens. You use the 99-cent Walmart towel under the sink. 
you leave my decoration towels alone. That's what my mama was. Amen. But you see, when the preacher came to town, nobody knew we had 99-cent Walmart towels. All we had was the decoration towels out. Mama would say something like, oh, don't mind those old things. Those kids are like, what? Like, uh, 99 cent Walmart towel got folded up, stuffed under the sink somewhere. All we had was the best out. Amen. There are times, uh, listen, I'm going to get back to preaching in just a second. There are times I'd go in, wash my hands, not because they were dirty, just because that was the only time I could use those towels without getting in for it. Amen. But you want to know what she was doing? She was preparing for a guest. She wanted them to know, I've got the best that I have for you. And when you leave, I remember there were times that they'd leave and they'd look back and they'd say something like this, I hope we wasn't a bother. And not one time did I ever hear my mother or my father say, yeah, well, you know what, just wait a little while before you come back again. No, no, they would say something like this, oh, you weren't a bother at all. In fact, we enjoyed your visit and you're welcome back at our place anytime you want. Can I preach just for a moment? It is a shame when God feels unwelcome in his own home. Come on, somebody. Amen. Am I all right, Pastor? Amen. It's a shame when God feels unwelcome and unwanted in his own home based off of the worship. That Listen, I understand things get tough. We have hard weeks. We're tired. We're wore out. But that should never dictate how I worship him. I wish I had a voice to preach, but when I step into his presence, I don't care what I've had all week long. You're worthy of the very best. You're worthy of the greatest that I can muster up because you're still worthy. You're still the king. You're still the Lord of lords, and you're worthy of my best. I'm going to be honest. And it breaks my heart to even admit this, but there are times that the glory of the Lord has walked in that door. And I have failed to give him what he was worthy of. We fold out, if you would, a 99-cent worship towel experience. And this is about the best I got because I've had a tough week. Because I've had, come on somebody. Listen, I understand. I, I know what tough weeks look like. And I'm not trying to, 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 to be unsympathetic in anybody's condition. I, I know sometimes we go through it uh, and we're tired. Uh, but if I can just be real with you, go school and ministry style for a little bit. Uh, get over it. Uh, amen. For the few moments that we're in here, uh, that belongs to him. Uh, it's not about me. Uh, amen. Job said, the Lord giveth uh, and the Lord taketh away. Uh, but at the end of it, he lifted up his hand. And he said, but blessed be the name of the Lord. He's still worthy of everything that I have. He's still worthy. I want him to know when he comes in here, when he leaves, that it was not a bother that you came. You were not. Amen. You didn't put me. In an uncomfortable situation, you didn't, you, it wasn't a bother, but I anticipate your visit. 
Oh, if we could get a sanctuary, if we could get a congregation that would get a hold of that, amen, I believe, amen, what would happen on Sunday, we wouldn't wait for the glory to go out. God would sit around waiting for us to leave, amen, amen, you know what the glory of God, amen, is looking for? He's looking for a vessel that says, I don't care what's going on out there, I'll get back to my problems when I walk out the door, but while I'm in here, this belongs to you, and I'm going to give you every ounce of my alibi. Bastard box, and if they want to talk about me, so be it. But they ain't why I'm here. I came to give glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He came to visit with me. Hallelujah. See, there's 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 a misconception. Am I all right? Amen. I didn't I didn't I didn't ruin it, did I? Amen. I promise I'm not trying to be unsympathetic. I will pray with you. I will believe with you. I'll stand on God's word. I'll encourage you. I'll encourage you in the Lord. But when we're in here, all of that, we've got to do our best to push all that aside and say, this is for you, my visitor. You see, there's a, we see praise and worship. And if we're not careful, we'll think that they're one and the same. They go together, but there's a difference between praise and worship. And that there's probably a lot of different, you know, examples of what they are. But let me just let me just give you mine. All right, is that all right? Amen. Hey, listen, anybody can praise God. Anybody can praise God. Praise is go something. I thank you for my house that I'm living in, and we should. Amen. We should be thankful. Bible says, "Enter into His courts with thanksgiving, and His gates with praise." Praise is necessary, but anybody can praise God. It takes something different to worship Him. See, praise is, Lord, I thank you for my house that you've given me. I thank you for, for my health that I have. I thank you for the, for the job promotion that I just got. Praise is about what he's done for me. That's what praise is about. But worship is something completely different. Worship. Here's the difference between praise and worship. The praiser says, God, I thank you for my health that you've given me. I thank you for the job that you've given me. I thank you for the, the family that you provided for me. But here's what the worshiper says. Steps into his presence and says, Lord, if I ain't got no job, if I ain't got no health, if everything in my life is going wrong, and if I can't seem to see, see the bright side of anything, I'll still lift your name up. I'll still. Amen. It's easy to praise God. Anybody can praise Him. But can you worship Him? Can you step in when everything's going wrong and all of hell is coming against you and say, listen, I don't know and I don't understand why I'm going through what I am, but what I do know is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want your still worship I worship because of who he is praise is about what he's done worship my friend worship is about who he is and regardless of what's going on in my life he is still worthy he is still worthy I know this is a little different this morning but just bear with me amen worship has nothing to do with what God's done. Worship has nothing to do with what God's done. Worship is about who God is. Because if that's the case, if that's the case, God, listen, I'm going to preach something encouraging tonight, all right? I promise. Amen. If you let me back, amen. 
If worship is based on what he's done, then, then God forbid, what are you going to do when he lets one of your kids die? God forbid. Wouldn't wish that on anybody, especially as of five weeks ago. I don't really know what I would do if I lost that little boy over there. What would you do if your worship is just based off what he's done? Because the Bible says he let ten of Job's die. Come on. He lost a lot more than that that day, but that, that took the cake. Listen, if you ever feel like you're just going through it, go read the first few chapters of Job. I promise you, you're going to thank God for everything you have. I've had to do it. Amen. But if it's all based on what he's done, what happens when God lets tragedy hit my home? He let ten of Job's die. And the Bible says after he got done burying all of his kids, his wife looked at him and said, curse your God and die. He looked back and he said, a woman, you speak like a foolish child. How can I curse the one that's done me nothing but good? And then he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And I believe he lifted up his head and he looked towards heaven and he lifted up his hands and he said, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You want to know what he was saying? I may have lost my kids. I may have lost my home. I may have lost my wife. I may have lost my material things. But devil, there's one thing that you're never going to take, and that's my worship. I know that's what you're after. I know that's what, it wasn't about the kids. It wasn't about the home. It wasn't about the cattle. The devil was trying to get his worship. But thank God for a man of God that stood and said, come what may, whatever it may go, I'll still stand and I'll worship you for all eternity because you're still worthy hallelujah you're still worthy David looked over at the doctor that was trying to save his son doctor shook his head said your son's dead and the Bible says the word of go read it the word of God says and David went washed his face lifted up his hands and began to worship the Lord how can you worship God after something as tragic as that? Simply put this, because worship ain't about what he's done. And when we understand that, we'll be able to worship through anything. We'll be able to worship in spite of anything that the enemy sends our way. You say, well, Brother Stephen, I I'm, just, I'm just not a worshiper. <laughs> Glory to God. Can I preach this for a minute? Amen. I'm just not a worshiper. I beg to differ. Amen. I, I, I got problems. Amen. I beg to differ. Glory to God. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. Amen. Because of what I told you at the very beginning, every single human being was created to worship. It is literally engrafted into your DNA. You can't help yourself. You're going to worship. The issue ain't worship, church. The issue's the object of our worship. Because let me tell you this, a drug addict worships a high. Somebody, amen. The alcoholic, they worship that bottle. The, the, the athlete worships the fame and the glory and the applause. The artist worships the fame and, 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 and the, everything that it brings. Listen, you make no mistake. You, you may not think you're a worshiper, but you make no mistake. You are a worshiper and you worship something. 
Come on, somebody. Amen. You're a worshiper. I, 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 can I just, amen, can I just vent a little bit? I can't stand a world that wants to mock us for lifting up our hands and being loud in the house of God. But 50,000 fans can go to a ball game and laugh and cheer and throw popcorn and soda around, high-fiving people they don't know. And I ain't against ball games. But I'm saying if the world, you know what that is? That's worship at its finest. Come on, somebody. Listen, as Brother Stephen saying, you can't get excited about your favorite team. I love, I love football. I love, listen, but it can never come before what is right here. If I'm louder out there, then I'm louder in here. Come on, somebody. If I'm giving more praise to the quarterback than I am to Team Jesus, then there's something wrong. I'll tell you what it is. There's a worship problem. But when God's people get together and lift up the name of Jesus and worship, great things can happen. Hallelujah. It ain't about worship. It's about what we worship. Because it's engrafted into our DNA. To worship him. You, you, you want to know why? You want to know why the enemy hates worship so much? You ever wondered why you come into the house of God? And listen, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I really didn't plan on my message going this way, but this is where I feel the Lord leading me. Amen. You want to know why you got, you ever wondered why you step into the house of God and you begin to worship and you're just trying to enter into God's presence and all of a sudden you're thinking about things this week that you ain't thought of? You, come on, somebody. I, I, I ain't the only one. You wonder, and, and you stop yourself halfway through the second song and wonder, how did I even get off on that? How did I even start? I, I don't even know why I'm thinking about that. That's the enemy of your soul that's worn against your mind because he can't stand your worship. You want to know why? Because of what I said earlier. Because worship uplifts God, and he can't stand God to be uplifted. That's why he was cast out in the first place. Because he wanted to be exalted higher. So he hates your worship. And he'll do everything he can to come against your worship. And there's something I realized one day when I, when I, when I started realizing this. And why does the enemy come against our worship? And then, Pastor, all of a sudden it made sense. Because there ain't nobody that understands worship like him. There ain't, he, I'll give you a little Bible history. He was the former worship leader of heaven. Ain't nobody understand the power of worshiping and exalting God like he does. And that's why he'll do everything in his power to keep you from coming to the house of God. And when you get here, he's still going to do everything he can to stop you from magnifying God. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, eh, Gloria. You want to know why? Because he's a former employee of heaven that got fired for non-performance. You ready for this? And we got his job. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. I, I said, we got, God didn't take that job and give it to Michael or Gabriel or one of the other angels. But he said, I'm going to make man in my image and I'm going to breathe into them the breath of life. And all of creation is going to worship the name above all names. I wish I had a voice to preach uh, like I want to right here. Uh, but if you want to get on the devil's bad side, uh, you just enter into the gates of heaven. Uh, enter into these houses uh, and begin to magnify uh, and lift up the name of Jesus. Uh, because there's nothing uh, that gets on the enemy more than when God's people begin to worship. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says he's given us a what? A song that the angels 
can't even sing. I know that's the song of redemption. Angels don't know what it's like to be blood bought. But let me tell you something. There is nothing. I'm a full believer of this. There is nothing that can get on the enemy's nerves more than when you and I begin to lift up the name of Jesus because he remembers what it's like to fall under the anointing and to exalt the name of Christ. He remembers all too well what the power is when you begin to lift him up. So if I can encourage somebody in this house, don't stop. Don't stop working. Worshiping, uh, don't stop serving Christ. Uh, don't stop going hard for Jesus. Uh, it's worth it, and He's worthy of it all. Hallelujah. I gotta hurry. Amen. Hallelujah. It drives Satan absolutely crazy because there's power in your worship. I didn't come, trust me, but please, please believe me. I didn't come trying to bang anybody over the head. That's not why Brother Stevens here. But I felt it so strong on my spirit. To this, to preach this word to somebody in this house today. Not, 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 not to rebuke you. Listen, not to, but to let you know that when you really enter in and you tap into the fullness of worship, there's power in that. There is a power that lies within your worship, and the devil don't want you to figure it out. I said the devil don't want you to figure it out because he knows uh, there's nothing that hell we learn. And listen, let me just show you something. We learn that in the story of Job. Because the devil goes before God. He goes, he, he's, on, he's on Job's farm. And he goes before God saying, well, and you, you know, where you been, devil? I've been to and fro throughout the earth. i, I got to hurry. But, but he says, hast thou not considered my servant, Job? Job said, yeah, but you got a hedge of protection around him. He said, okay, well, we'll take that off, and uh, i got to skim through the story because i got to close this sermon, get us in these altars. But, 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 he, but he says, yeah, you got a protection over him, but I'll let, you, I'll let you do everything around him. Just don't touch him. He did that, came back about the second chapter, first chapter, somewhere around there. Came back and said, listen, yeah, what's he doing now? <laughs> He's still worshiping. He just got done burying his kids. And the last thing I heard him say before I left his farm was, blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Don't tell me God ain't got a sense of humor. Amen. I believe God got a little sarcastic there. I told you so. Amen. I told you my boy wouldn't quit. Amen. And the devil said, yeah, well, let, let me touch his body. He'll curse you and die. God said, all right. Amen. It's a deal. Go ahead, but don't kill him. Amen. You want to know... Can I just preach right here for a minute? We say so much, thank God for what he's delivered me from. And, and, and thank God, you know, for, for all the things that, that, that came my way, that got to my doorstep, but God seen me through. But I think we forget sometimes that there was a hedge from the beginning. And what I'm trying to say by that is we need to thank God for the things the devil intended for us, but never got to our doorstep. Come on, somebody. Amen. Huh? I'm going to try saying it again. Huh? We need to thank God not just for what he's seen me through, yes, but for every tactic and every plan that the enemy had. But before it ever got to my doorstep, God stepped in and said, nope, you're stopping right here. I'll never know it. But thank God for the provision and the protection of Almighty God. But he steps in, he says, let me, let, let, me, let, me, let me touch his body. He'll curse you and die. You know the story. He's afflicted. He's, his bottle, body has boils and, and all of this. But still, the Bible says, he still worshiped the Lord. 
Anybody know offhand how many chapters there are in Job? 42 chapters. All right. Watch this. There's 42 chapters of Job. After the third, second or third chapter, you never see the devil show up on Job's farm again. You want to know why? Because hell doesn't know what to do with a man or woman that will absolutely refuse to quit. Hell don't know what to do with a man or a woman that'll face all adversity, that'll lose everything in this world, but still lift up their hands and magnify God. Finally, hell said, all right, I give up, I quit, he's yours, I'll never get him to turn around. God, let that be my testimony that the devil says, I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried, but he's still worshiping, he's still magnifying, almighty God. Hell don't know what to do when you make up in your mind, regardless of what happens, I'm still going to worship. The enemy has no defense. And it throws him in a dither where he finally just runs away and says, all right, give him back whatever you want. There's no way I'm getting that man to give up on God. Hallelujah. Let that be our testimony. Glory to God. I'm closing right here. Somebody could come to the piano. Amen. I'm closing. If somebody could please help me at the piano. Hallelujah. David, David said in his repentance cry after his adultery with Bathsheba, I want you to, I want you to listen to this. We're going to bring us in and we're, we're going to pray. And I believe that God is going to get some worship in this house this morning. Amen. But, but. The Bible says that David in his repentance cried about Sheba. The Bible says he, as his, as his son, I want you to realize this, David stands to lose everything. Saul got kicked out of the, 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 the palace for less. Saul got kicked out. Saul had his throne taken away, his crown, his anointing, everything. David stands to lose everything. He has lied. He has committed murder. He's committed adultery. He's tried to cover it up. And now David stands to lose it all. He stands to lose his kingdom, his throne, his anointing. And in this moment, he stands to lose. And we know that he does lose his own child. But I want to point something out to you. You'll never search the scriptures. You'll never hear one word of David that says, Lord, please don't take the kingdom. He don't say it. You'll never hear, to, hear a word in scripture of David saying, Lord, I fought and I've, and I've stayed faithful and I've stayed true. You know how much I've fought. Just go read 1 Samuel. You'll see everything that David went through to get to where he's at. But he never says, Lord, don't, don't. Don't take my anointing. Don't take my kingdom. And here's the most moving part of all. You'll never even hear a word out of David in Scripture that even prays for the Lord to save his son. You won't find it. He doesn't even pray for his own son that's going to die. But you want to know what we do find? We find David in a repentant state. And he began to pin these words. He said, God, cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. 
He stands to lose it all. His own son is dying, and he finds himself alone, and he says, Lord, cast me not away from thy presence. And whatever you have to take, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You know what he was saying? Don't stop visiting with me. I'll go back to being a shepherd on the backside of a wilderness if I have to. That's fine. Take my crown, take my possessions, take, break me down to where I've got nothing left. But don't take your presence from me. Because David realized the most important thing in his life was not his title, was not his position, was not even his own family. It was the presence of Almighty God at work in his life. And I believe it's from this cry and many others that David made. That God said, I found me a man after my own heart. Because David understood, if I lose everything else, but I've gained him, I've gained it all. But that scripture says, if I lose, if I gain the whole world and lose my soul, what have I gained? I ask you this morning, what's the most important thing in your life? Is there anything in our lives that, that, that we're putting above Christ, above His presence? Is there anything in my life that I'm worshiping, a, a, a job, a sport, a hobby, a person, fill in the blank, anything that takes preeminence over the presence of God? If so, then we need to cry out to God the same as David did and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Just take me to the place where your presence will never leave me. That is the cry of worship. Mary made her way, and I believe that Jesus would make the same deal for you that he made for Mary. Is if you come and you worship, you get to stay. If you come and you worship, we get to stay. I'm not saying in this house right now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, not trying to, trying to build anything up for some good altar service, but in your everyday life, will you live a life of worship? To him who is worthy. Everybody stand all across this house as they get ready to sing. As I was praying and preparing for this message and knew that this is what the Lord had, I felt him lead me in a specific direction for this altar service. I'm not going to make a specific altar call, ask for, I'm just going to ask if we would, can we fill these altars? Can we come and stand? And here's what I want us to do. I just want us to lift our hands and let the Lord move on you. If you need something from this house, He's here to give it to you. But can we make this place a house of worship? And can we just begin to magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Lord, here's my worship. Here's my alabaster box. Forgive me if I've ever given you anything but my best. Forgive me if I've ever given you anything less than what you're worthy of. But I'm lifted up my voice and I'm lifted up my presence to magnify you. With your hands up in the air. Come on, say this is why I was created. This is why I'm here to worship you. Yes, I want to hear from you. All your questions and your every need. Give me all your doubts and fears. There's more I want to hear. 